there, this is Monica Ray, your encourager in chief, and welcome to the Best You Side podcast, where we showcase ordinary people accomplishing extraordinary things. And here we share transformative stories that expand what we think and what we can do. Today on our inaugural podcast, our guest is Gertie Smith, a three-time cancer survivor who shows us not only how to survive, but has provided a lifeline of understanding and compassion to so many dealing with difficult diagnoses. It's time for the Best You.Site podcast. Hate Mondays. Sign up for your Monday pep talk, a weekly email sent out every Monday with an encouraging video to help you have a great week. Sign up at the Best You.Site. If you were to see Gertie Smith with her vibrant, long, beautiful hair, spectacular smile, and experience her warm hug, you would have no idea of the personal battles this lady has fought. She was first diagnosed in 1997 and since that time has dealt with two additional cancers. I met her, I think, before the last one. As you will see, there are numerous wonderful things about her, but the thing that's dearest to my heart is that she took the time and energy to pull me up when I was in a particular crisis and I was in a desperate place. Welcome, we're thrilled you're joining us today. Thank you for opening up about this difficult subject. This is very personal and I appreciate the fact that because of your love for people and willingness to help, you would allow yourself to go back through this painful journey. Thank you, Gertie, and welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay, so let's get started by, would you please share with us your timeline with, uh, for your battle with cancer? Okay. Uh, I was first diagnosed in 1997. Uh, that was roughly 25 years ago. And um, it was um, aggressive breast cancer in my right breast uh, that had spread to my lymph nodes. The second cancer was 2005, eight years later. Um, and I discovered it during one of my routine examinations in the shower. Wow. And when I found that, it felt like um, a little slick rock pebble. Mm -hmm. And uh, it felt unusual. So I went and had it checked out. And it turned out to be cancer. Um, and it was, it was small and it was in the early stage. And then the uh, last cancer uh, happened... Roughly a year, almost a year after I retired in 2014, and uh, I discovered it was discovered also, wow. and uh, it had um, it was uh, it, it was it did not have any uh, you know spread, so it was considered early stage also. Wow. And so those and one thing that was uh, really good about all of that, um, uh, it was not. A reoccurrence. Uh, each cancer was different from the first one, the second one. They were all different. So therefore, they could treat me as if it was the first time, those are my first time having cancer. And uh, because yeah, they, it was a, in a, each one was located in a different area, uh, had different properties about it. And wow. that was kind of, yeah, that was very unusual. But, very unusual. But, what wonderful yeah. information for the audience uh, that just to know that fact, to know that fact. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard 
from the moment that you hear the word cancer, the C word, your life changes. Can you share a couple of points of what hearing that did to you? Oh, yes. Um, that was, you know, I felt very devastated, mm -hmm. um, uh, especially the first time. The second time, it was a little different, but I still, it still hits very hard um, because cancer, as we know, um, is, can be very aggressive. Um, it, it's sort of um, one of those things you don't know until you know. Um, but I felt <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I felt like my life, um, like I knew it was, was over. And it seemed like everything came to a screeching halt. You know, um, I thought about my, my job, um, mm -hmm. my family, my daughters, um, and, you know, and I thoughts about, you know, what will I be here to see them graduate or, you know, they're in school. And there were just uh, so many things that, you know, we had planned and, and events. Uh, but the one thing that just kept coming up was that um, it was the fear that I was feeling uh, uh, fear of the unknown and, and will this look, you know, how will this look later on? So I was dealing with a lot and, you know, and usually that happens to most people. How could it not? Um, you mm -hmm. said I had a life um, going on and it came to a screeching halt, just like you hit the brakes. How did you handle that change of, okay, life's going on and then screeching halt? Oh, yeah. Like break. Well, at first, yes, exactly. <laughs> at first, it was very difficult. Um, my thoughts and fears, you know, your thoughts and fears can, that's your thoughts, they guide you. Uh, and, um, mm -hmm. and then, you know, I went through this period where I would wake up at 2 a.m. every night and could not go back to sleep. So you, you're left there with nothing but your thoughts, you know. Uh, and so it, it was wearing me out. And, uh, and then I realized after a certain point, you know, that I had to take control. Uh, the fear, and, you know, I said, I remember thinking, cancer is not going to kill me anytime soon. Cancer's um, not going to kill. What I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was what I was doing to myself and the and the and the terror that I, I was going through, um, I realized that that was going to take me out. It would it would take me out from being a part of a, uh, of my treatment uh, and being an advocate for myself. And um, and and I realized I had to fight to live. You know, um, people fight always say that. Wow. Yes, mm -hmm. that you they they fought with cancer, and I used to think, why would they say that? But it is. It's a fight. You're fighting for your life, and you have to uh, do some things in order to 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 live. Mm. Um, you mentioned the fear. And to me, fear yeah. is a mighty paralyzer. It's paralyzed so many parts yeah. of my life. So how did you, over time, deal with the fear? Um, you know, you were dealing yeah. with what most people would consider one of the worst things you can deal with. So how did you deal with the fear? Well, you know, my um, mine was, was a real fear. Uh, to some degree. Sometimes, you know, 
we all fearful of the unknown. But uh, my first cancer diagnosis was not good. And it was aggressive, like I said before, and it spread to my lymph nodes. But less than um, six years prior, uh, my sister that was six years older than me had died from cancer. And I was her prim- one of her primary caregivers. And she had a very, um, it, was, it was traumatic for her, the loss of her, and then what she went through and I went through with her. Those things were still, you know, like I was still dealing with those things. Mm-hmm. And, and her diagnosis was better than my diagnosis. So really? I thought, I said, so if her, yes, it was, it was better than my diagnosis. Um, they had they had caught it early and um, and uh, she um, received radiation treatment, but she did um, anyway. It was it ended up coming back. It was an aggressive cancer, um, so uh, that that had an impact on me. And uh, but I finally came to the conclusion that. I needed to deal with the cards that had been dealt to me if I wanted to, if I wanted to be here for my family and to live. And um, mm. so um, I realized that I had to really fight the fear. And so I did two things. The first, I started um, becoming knowledgeable. I started working on becoming knowledgeable about my diagnosis. Mm. Um, I wanted to know uh, what was the best practice treatment? And at that time, very little information was 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 given to me from the doctors. So I ended up at that time. I called the American Cancer Society um, mm-hmm. hotline, and you they did? had doctors. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I developed a relationship with one doctor specifically. And, um, and he uh, provided me a lot of literature on, uh, on my diagnosis. And we talked about it and which way to go. Uh, I also um, purchased uh, the Susan B. Coleman's breast cancer book, uh, very popular back then, still is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but it was, it was huge. Uh, but I digested it as much as I could by going in and finding areas that pertain to my diagnosis. And, um, and so with all of those things, I, I started uh, uh, finding doctors, figuring out where to go to get the best treatment, uh, where to go to get a second or third opinion. And, um, and so, and I called their friends in the medical field to see um, you know, for referrals. I just did it all. And that, that helped, um, that helped tremendous, up a tremendous amount. And then the next thing I did, which turned out to be one of the best things I, I called, um, I tried to figure out, and I've always been religious, hmm. but you know, when you hit those trials and tribulations, Mm-hmm. And you know, you realize that maybe you're lacking in some areas, and maybe maybe in a lot of areas. Areas, let me say Ooh. that. Uh, Speak to us, girl. Yes. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, I figured that, and I ended up spending more time. I wanted to make sure of my relationship with God, and I ended up spending more time on that than I did even on the medical 
part because it's one thing to be religious and there's another thing to make it work for you, have it, let it work in your life. Mm. And I realized that my faith needed a lot of work. And um, so I actually, in the midst of all that, what calmed me and calmed the storm in the midst of everything that was going on, you know, I started reading and studying my, my Bible and, and focusing in on faith and, and, uh, and, and, and that helped a lot. Uh, because one of the my favorite books in the Bible is Hebrews chapter 11. You know, you have the faith walk of, of people in the Bible that were going through uh, terrible things. And, the you heroes know, of faith and, chapter. Yes, the heroes of faith. Yes, yes. And that strengthened me. And, um, and because faith, um, having strong faith, is powerful. It's more powerful than anything. I cannot get into all the things that having faith uh, helped me in this this gauntlet that I had to go through. Because faith um, will make you do things you've never done before. It will make you feel like you can walk over water without a bridge. <laughs> you know, walk and, over water without yeah. a bridge. Girl. Yes. Whoa. And, and many examples, many examples of, of some of the test results and things that doctor would um, would tell me they would it would just be bad information. I mean, terrible information. But I remember walking out of their office and saying, "I'm gonna wait to see what God will do." You know, I know uh, mm-hmm. that, and I, I said, I've always said my the thing I say most is God is is bigger than cancer. And, and faith, mm-hmm. yes, and faith is where we we wait and and uh, wait for God. And one thing that that helped me, I was so fearful of death, of early death, mm-hmm. that it even calmed those fears. I don't think mm-hmm. about death like I used to, mm-hmm. and that was that was paramount for me. That was the biggest thing: the fear and understanding that God is in control and. Um, and and from all the things that I've gone through, he has always held me up and kept me from slipping. So you know, good information, being an, an advocate for yourself, and I I just love mm-hmm. how you, how you talk about that, and um, how you talk about that that faith that you develop. And when you said that they gave you bad information help me understand it wasn't bad information because it wasn't accurate. It was like negative that bad things were going to happen based on what you were dealing with, with cancer. Is that what you meant? I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. Oh, no, no. Um, I, um, they did um, the mammograms, ultrasounds, mm-hmm. test results. Okay. And I was in, uh, in the ultrasound, the doctor actually came in because I was asking questions and she told me, she said, it looks really bad for you, Ms. Smith. She said uh, that cancer, um, it was the second cancer. She said, it looked like it had spread to your chest wall. Oh, wow. and, she, and she told me that, um, and, and I actually could see the, the dark spots she was talking about, which you know, they usually show up as dark spots on cancer, on the, on the ultrasound. Mm. I decided not to tell my husband that was waiting for me. 
I said, I'll just wait on God to see what he does. After I uh, came out of surgery later on, um, the doctor told me that they tested it and they did everything, you know, while I was in there and that it wasn't, it was, it had not spread to my cancer, my chest wall. Okay. I got to stop and have a hallelujah moment. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I got to stop right here. Hallelujah. moment. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Praise God. It had not spread (laughs) even after they told you that it did not look good. Wow. I can't wait to continue this conversation with Gertie Smith and we'll be right back. Learning to splash, conquering the life you have been given is a heart-wrenching story written by Monica Ray. This book takes you on an intimate decades long journey of one woman's battle with watching her only child confront debilitating chronic illness, while dealing with feelings of inadequacy, guilt, depression, and helplessness. Learning to Splash, Conquering the Life You Have Been Given is available at thebestyou.site. We're back at the bestyou.site podcast. This is Monica Ray, still talking with the amazing Gertie Smith, who is not only a three-time cancer survivor, but also a wife, a mother, a grandmother, Her work career included being a social worker and a protection from harm investigator. And after that, after she retired from that, she really went to work. Um, Gertie, one of the things that stood out and you and I have been back and forth about this, she's like, I don't know about, she was a protection from harm investigator, a protection from harm investigator at the same time that she's dealing with all these personal health issues in her own life. Can you share why you've stayed in such a difficult, demanding role on top of everything else? Well, it was, it was very difficult. Um, It was like every day it was negativity, Mm. but the positive upside of it was the individuals that needed help. And I remember thinking one time that if I needed help, I would pray and hope one person walked through that door would care enough to help me out, to help my situation out. And when I, when I thought about it like that, everything changed uh, because I could relate to that. The people that actually approached me when they found out that I was going through cancer that told me about changing my eating, the way I eat, um, to, to go organic and to do all these things. And, you know, and it was, it was obvious that, I mean, what my answer was going to be to stay and to do the best I could. So putting yourself out for others in the middle of this actually turned around and blessed you too. That, you know, that's just because I remember when I was in crisis um, and I would call you upset in tears, all those kinds of things. And you took the time as crazy as you're, I guess you might've been having to go to court or whatever, but you took the time to listen and hear my tears, to let me get it out and to give me direction. And I can say, honestly, one of the things you always did was direct me back to God, (laughs) always always. And that to me, I call you my guardian angel. You are my guardian angel on (laughs) earth. God knew I needed you. (laughs) God knew I needed you. Um, So let's change gears. 
uh, because we no, don't want to just talk about the, the medical, we want to talk about you. Uh, what words of comfort and support can you share uh, with our audience? What would you want them to know um, as far as your, your walk, your journey? Well, one thing uh, that has happened that I never thought would happen is that I, um, that I get a chance to help people when they're going through this, you know, like the worst part of their, their existence, dealing with cancer. Um, and at first, when I started out, it was, you know, you get to know a person, you, you get to know all about them, you develop a relationship, you have these feelings, and, and it was just, it, and it, it would bring you down to your knees. And I thought, I said, I can't do this. But no matter what I felt, it just didn't make, I mean, I kept going back to it and, you know, and, and that's what I have been doing over the, the last uh, 20 years. It's just you helping people. You couldn't let it go, even though you knew it was, it, no. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but it, it you, you couldn't let it go. You had to help, even though it was very, yes. it, 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 it yes. absorbed you as well, but you had to help. <laughs> Yeah. That, that, yes. that's a testimony that tells so much just about who you are as a human being, which I already knew. I just wanted our audience to know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you, I, I, I've that. always experienced that from you. Well, I've always felt that God has given me so much. Mm -hmm. And, and it just is my privilege to, to do as much as I can in my little small way, because you know, I want to. I want. I want God to know that I thank Him, and I, I'm never backed away from that. Uh, when I help others, I know. You know, in a way, we can be His His hands. And I, I think that, like how we met, it just didn't happen by chance. Correct. And yeah. uh, I truly believe that God is in the midst of all of this. Mm -hmm. And um, because one thing in in helping people, um, my words of comfort or or wisdom is that I want to, you know, encourage everyone, first and foremost, do not let the possibility of a diagnosis or even an actual diagnosis keep you from obtaining medical treatment in a timely manner. Hmm. My, um, my first cancer has spread to my lymph nodes because of the fear I was feeling because of what I had gone through with my sister and I had other family members that had, you know, um, uh, had cancer. And so I almost let that overtake me. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and one thing that I, the, the upside of, of that is early dete uh, detection is the best way. And what I've always heard people say when we're sitting in the waiting room with them, I'm at the doctor's office, they will say, you know, I, I know I shouldn't have waited. Mm. I, I wish I had, I wish I had uh, done something earlier. Mm. I, you know, I knew I had that pain. I just wouldn't, you know, so I, now I know it's it, what it is, but I should have done something earlier. Mm. And one thing about it, cancer treatment has improved so much over the years mm. from when I first had it. I mean, you know, people actually can work and they don't have all that nausea and sickness anymore. Uh, side effects are managed very well. And, and one thing, I, there's like 
when you're in a waiting room, you can, you, you talk to people sitting mm -hmm. around you mm -hmm. and they tell you their mm -hmm. situations. And it's like two roads. The people that wait, they have a rough road to go. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of hills, a lot of bumps they have to go over. And for those that, that have an early a diagnosis, it's much, much easier. And, and the duration of it is shorter and all of those things. And, and another thing that I found um, for people that do not have a belief system, it's really difficult for them. And for me, it was difficult for me. It was super di difficult for me until I got on top of it and checked myself because my belief system is, is my relationship with God. And um, that in itself um, will uh, sustain you. It will calm the fears and it will actually um, give you um, relief because it's not, you know, and the Bible tells us that it's not in us to direct ourselves, but God makes a world of difference. Oh, have I learned that? Because <laughs> yeah. I was one of his hard-headed children. <laughs> have I learned that? So a belief system yeah. made such a difference. Beliefs. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. And the American um, Medical Society did uh, goal studies uh, on that. And for the, the patients that had a belief system, uh, they did better in treatment. They survived. And um, then the group that they had that did not have uh, a belief system. So, you know, one thing in this journey also, I, I feel like um, do people should not be afraid to ask for help. Ask for help. And, um, yeah. mm -hmm, and become knowledgeable about what they're going through and be your best advocate. Those are the main things that I, I think can make a difference. I think you said something, girl. I think you said something. You know, I consider you a person who has chosen to live a joyful life. You've encouraged me so many times. <laughs> We've lost count. Um, so I want to know, and I want you to share with your audience, uh, with our audience, what have you done that you thought you would never do? And what have you been able to experience that you thought you never would? Simply put, life. <laughs> I mean, that was in that was in question. Um, but the most yes, the most important thing is that you know I have. I never thought I would be um, a mentor to people going through cancer and um, other things. And throw in the and other things. Monica raised and other things. And other yes. things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and, uh, but God has, has blessed me in that they have become of so much benefit to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I never thought I would see my daughters graduate from high school. And my little feeble, you know, humble prayer was, let me see them graduate from high school. But God saw fit that they graduated not only from high school, from college, from law school, from, <laughs> from uh, Paul Mitchell <laughs> beauty school and 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 it goes on and um and i never hey, thought i, I was seeing my and your grandchild and your grandchild yes. all i can say is yes. watch god move that's it watch god yes. move and your yes. grandchild yes. 
So you have yes, uh, yes. professional daughters that have been able to, to uh, um, go through professional paths in their education and, and you have a beautiful grandchild. <laughs> yes, and I, and, and, I was, and I was there for all of those things. And all they got married. Days. And, um, got married yes, and I, and I was part of all of that. Uh, mm -hmm. And I look back and my, most of the time people that know me well, I said, I don't remember you being sick. And I said, well, I haven't really been sick. Uh, I haven't felt sick a day in my life. Uh, Wait, stop. But I've gone through. Wait, chemo, surgeries, and you've never been yeah. sick a day in your life. Oh, right. no, let me shut up, Utah. Right. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, and radiation, radiation. chemo. Yeah. Um, I've had, uh, actually I've had, I stopped counting at about, 20 surgeries. I've had, I've had that many surgeries sure. and I've actually had more, but, um, you know, the thing about it is I've always felt that God left the windows of heaven open for me. Never, ne through all of this, it was never closed. So, you know, I just feel like I, I have to work and, and, and do the things to show my appreciation to him because, uh, when I look back on what I, I mean, it makes me have goosebumps to think about what I've gone through. But, um, but when I, that's when I look at it through my eyes, but I know what God can do. And, um, but, but cancer is, is something that God is bigger than cancer. God is bigger than it, all of the things that we go through. And it takes that um, step forward to um, to let him lead, because I think that's the only reason I've made it through. Wow. You know, you talk about goosebumps. Um, you, uh, listening to your story makes me want to cry and shout and goosebump and goosebumps and chill and all of that chills. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. so astounding how God has brought you through and, uh, and saved you for us is what I believe for his purpose, number one, but also yes. saved you for us. And I'm just so grateful for that. Thank you. Gertie, my guardian angel, thank you for opening up to help others as you have so many. Uh, this is going to bless lives. This is going to bless lives even more than it's blessed mine. Blessed mine. I always want our podcast listeners to have some things to put in their pockets to take with them from our speakers. And I have... Um, a couple of points that, that just um, stick out from what Gertie said. She said, I've never been sick a day in my life. <laughs> just that outlook, just that attitude, you know, it's transformative. And the other thing that sticks with me that she said is that faith will let you walk over a river with no bridge. We're putting that in our pocket and we're going to pull it out when we need it when we needed. Thank you, my dear friend. I could not have asked for a more spectacular, honest, genuine, truthful, special friend than you. Thank you for all you oh, do. Oh, thank you. We'd like thank to you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. We want to thank our audience for listening to this episode of the Best You uh, Site podcast. Want your feature, uh, your story featured? Submit a 1,000-word story of ordinary people doing mind-blowing things at thebestyou.site. This is Monica Ray thanking you for the privilege of your time.